Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Go with me to 2 Chronicles 20 today. We're in a series on holiness. I hope you're getting something out of it. I hope you're not tired of it yet because not quite done yet. I'm going to preach this message and maybe, maybe one more Thursday, Wednesday night. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but this morning, this is like our third in the series, and I'm going to kind of be talking about, at least my plan is to talk about growing in holiness and how we grow. But I want to start out here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. You got it? Say, I got it. I got it. Verse 21, and when he had consulted with the people, this is Jehoshaphat the king, he appointed singers unto the Lord. Well, we should do that, right? right. Sing unto the Lord. Amen. And uh, you say, well, Pastor, I can't sing. Well, the Bible says make a joyful noise. Everybody can sing. Not everybody should be miked when they're doing it. Amen. And he says that he appointed singers unto the Lord that they should, now notice this, that they should, this is what they should do, praise the beauty of holiness. The beauty of holiness. Oh, it's praise the beautiful thing about holiness. There's something beautiful about holiness. Amen. And as they went out before the army, I don't know what the praise team had done that day, but Josaphat said, just send them out. I don't know if he had an issue with them or what. They picked the wrong songs that morning or something. Hey, just send the praise team out. Let them fight. We'll put them out in front. As they went out before the Lord. How many know the reason they did that is because God brought a great victory that way. Amen. And, and as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Thank God it does. Amen. Now, I read that verse because I wanted to start out here this morning. Before we look at some other verses, I want to start out here this morning. But I wanted, I wanted to say this because I think that, um, you know, the Lord would have me to do this. You know, the, the Bible says that Jehoshaphat said, go praise the beauty of holiness. Wasn't that what he said? Yeah. That they should praise the beauty of holiness. And when they went out, what they said was, praise the Lord because His mercy endureth forever. You see, the beautiful thing about God's mercy, or God's holiness, excuse me, is that His mercy endures Forever. Because if it didn't, you understand? If it didn't, we'd all be in trouble. Because if you're going to compare us with God's holiness, amen, we're going to come up real short. You see, until, you know, the Bible says, and we, we said this on one service, the, the Bible talks about how there are... Um, Seraphim, or the Bible calls them living creatures, that, that fly around God and the throne room 24-7 saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. 24-7. Until you have that happen in your life, you still need help. You still need work. If you walk in here some Sunday morning and there's cherubim flying around you going, holy, 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 is brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, then we're going to believe you arrived. But till then, how many of you got, we all got room to grow. Now, the beautiful thing about God's holiness is His mercy comes with it. If it didn't, 
we'd all be in trouble. Because we've all fallen short. Isn't that right? You know, you know, a lot of people, you, know, you read the scripture where it says that Moses, he spoke to God face to face. And he did, but he didn't see God's face. Because the Bible said, no man can, God said, no, told Moses, no man can see my face in love. Because that's where the fullness of the glory comes out. I got a teaching on that. That's why the Bible says, seek his face. Because that's where his glory is at. But anyway, God came down in a, a cloudy pillar, the Bible says. In other words, he shielded himself with a, with a cloud. Solomon said, God dwells in thick darkness. In other words, when he came down to talk to Moses, he had that thick, dark cloud around him. So even though they were face to face, he wasn't seeing God's face. And, and Moses got tired of talking to the cloud, and he said, Lord, let me see your glory. Remember that? Let me see your glory. And the Lord said, you can't, you, you know, <laughs> thank God for Moses' zeal. But God said, you can't see my face and live, Moses. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in a cleft of a rock, and when, I'm going to let my backside pass by you. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? And he said, I'm going to put my hand in front of your face. Now, God didn't say this. I'm adding this in the text. And you better pray you live. <laughs> Amen? Because he's so, he's so good. It's not that he's bad. Amen? It's that he is so good that it burns up badness. When God shows up, people get healed. When God shows up, people get delivered. Jesus, went, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God told Moses when he came down, he, he, he came down, God said, I am, I'm, 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 I'm the Lord God, long-suffering, full of mercy, grace, compassion. In other words, I'm going to I'm gonna have to surround you with my mercy to even get close to you. So thank God. The beautiful thing about God's holiness when we're on this journey is His mercy endureth forever. I don't know where you were at when, the Lord, when, when you found the Lord or He found you, really, whatever, however you want to say that. He wasn't lost. I mean, you know that. But, but when He got a hold of your life, I don't know where you were at, but I was a mess. I was a drug mess, alcohol mess, demon mess. I was a mess. And God got a hold of me. Hallelujah. And I began walking on the highway of holiness. Now, see, you don't get, see I, I don't have time to teach on this this morning, but we don't, get, we don't get holiness and righteousness confused. Righteousness is something God made you to be. When you got born again, He made you the righteousness of God in Him. Holiness is how you live that out. Well, the way you're living day by day. And how many know we're growing in that area? Really, we're growing in that area. And so God, God has mercy on us. Praise God for His mercy. Now, see, I, I, I came out, you know, I grew up, I got saved around Pentecostal people. I got saved in a Pentecostal church. I thank God for it. Amen. You say, well, what are you, Pastor? Well, I'm, I don't know what I am. I'm Pentecost. I'm Word of Faith. I'm, I don't know, charismatic. I'm just all of it. I'm, I'm the Bible. How about that? A lady asked me one day, I'll never forget, I've so frustrated her. Uh, she said, well, what faith are you? I said, I'm of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. She said, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, what faith are you? You know, she, I knew what she was talking about, but I was just annoying her. And uh, I have a little bit of that in me at times. My wife's shaking her head, but, you know, tormenting you a little bit. And she said, no, I mean, what faith are you? I said, I'm of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, that's not what I mean. What faith are you? I said, I'm of the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And this was in the charismatic days. This, is, this was in the days we didn't have all the high tech we had now. We thought because we had an overhead with transparencies, we were high tech. We were main, and we were, really. We were mainstream then. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have pagers. We didn't have any. Our phone was on the wall. And you didn't, put it, you didn't take it with you when you left. And somehow we survived. I think we had more peace, to be honest with you. Hallelujah. And so she finally said, let me ask you a question. I said, what? She said, in your church, do you shine the words to the songs on the wall? Because in those days, there were two churches, two kinds of churches. Those that sung out of the hymnals, those that had been filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues, and sang the choruses and shined them on the wall. I said, yes, we do. She goes, oh, I know what faith you are. <laughs> well... How, how many know that when we get saved, we come on a journey, a journey with God, a journey of holiness? And one of, one of the things you've got to watch out is that you don't think God's so put out with you, He doesn't want anything to do with you because you blew it. He's still on your side. Amen? I tell you what the Lord wants out of us. He wants us to keep swinging. He wants us to keep applying His Word. He wants us to keep fighting. Amen? Amen? See, people don't, so we, we don't get taught this much any longer in, in churches. Now, some churches I'm sure do, but I'm talking about just, if you watch television, you don't get taught this from Christian TV much any longer, that you should fight sin in your life. The book of Hebrews says, you haven't resisted yet unto, yet unto blood striving against sin. So we should strive against it in our lives. But know this, on that journey, His mercy endureth. Forever. Amen. Hallelujah. And you got to remember that because like what I was getting ready to talk to you about was I, I got saved around Pentecost people, you know, and I'm grateful for that. And um, but you go back a little further back before I got saved and there were Pentecostals that were called holiness. And I'm not saying all of them were this way, but I'm just saying a lot of them had like real strict, rigid rules and they were real legalistic about it. And they were real judgmental about it. But how many know God wants us to have mercy? Now, mercy doesn't excuse. Mercy gives people room to grow up. Amen. And realize we're still, we're still working at this. And I've found in my life I have to watch that, that that religious spirit doesn't get on me when I see people doing things that I know they shouldn't do. Are you with me now? And, you know, I, like I saw, actually I paid for it. I, these guys were passing a bottle around on, on, on the street, you know, in the, in the city, you know. Well, how'd you pay for it? Well, one of the guys had hit me up for some money right before that. And I gave him 20 bucks, and he, he went and bought a bottle and passed it around with his friends. So I set it up for the whole team. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I did. And there was this, like, righteous indignation. Got a, I, unrighteous, I should say. But to me, it was like righteous indignation. Look what those people are doing. And I, I'm not kidding now. I heard just as strong as it's like if you'd have said it to me. I didn't hear it audibly, but I heard it inside of me. I heard this, let's go back a few years and see where you were at. I thought, oh, that was me passing that bottle around. Are you listening now? 
So we can't, that's why Peter said in, in his writings to the church, he said, don't forget that you were purged from your old sins. Amen? You know why sinners sin? Because they're sinners. Same reason you did before you met the Lord. You know why you still sin sometimes after you've met the Lord? <laughs> you don't know, do you? <laughs> well, I'm going to help you find out because you still got flesh. Amen. Now, your inner man's been changed. You've been born again, the Bible talks about. It. You've been made a new man, but you're still living in that old body. And sometimes he wants to do things that he shouldn't do, or she. Amen. She's do wrong things too. Can I have an amen from the men? Some brave men in here, ain't there? But you understand, see, our job is to renew our minds. See, God's not going to renew your mind for you. You've got to renew your mind with the Bible. Our job is to renew our minds and present our bodies as living sacrifices. That's our job. God had us born again. He took care of our spirit. Now, He says, you, I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you the power. But you do something about your body. You do something about your mind. Now, it's not that we're doing it without His help. It's His power. It's His Word that helps us overcome. But we have to do something. Isn't that right? See, that's why Paul told the church at Corinth, he said, you're still carnal. That word carnal means your, your flesh ruled, your body ruled. You're ruled by your body. Whatever your body wants to do, that's what you, that's what you do. How many of you can't, you can't live a successful life that way? You can't live a successful spiritual life that way. You can't live a successful natural life that way. Amen. Because if you did what your body said, you wouldn't get out of bed sometimes in the morning. Isn't that right? You know, I remember where I, I, I used to have a, I still got a job. I'm working for God, but I had a regular, normal, natural job, a secular job, you know, when I was young. I started in the ministry young. I was 21. I started in the ministry and started full-time when I was 20. Three, probably. So, you know, that's been a long time ago. And so that's what I've done with my life for most of it is just preach the gospel. But I remember working a job. I remember getting up at like five in the morning or whatever, you know, and some of you get up earlier than that. But I mean, that's five in the morning. It's demonic the way, enough the way it is for me. But anyway, uh, you know, I remember that. I remember getting up and I don't, I don't ever remember my flesh being excited about that. I don't ever remember my flesh saying, oh, man, hey, it's five in the... Oh, this is great. Aren't you ready? No, I'm not ready. I'm ready to stay in bed, especially in the wintertime. And sometimes, even as a minister, even as a pastor, even as the pastor that comes here on Sunday morning, there's some Sunday mornings I wake up, I don't want to get up. My flesh doesn't want to get up. Matter of fact, it'll fight me harder on Sunday morning than it will on Wednesday morning or Tuesday morning or Thursday morning because it's the devil. And I'm like, you know, well, I, I guess I got to go. <laughs> well, how you know, we all should control our flesh, right? And make it do the right thing. I'm working on my flesh in some areas to put it under control. Amen. I've been working on it for years. Eventually, I'll beat it. Are you listening to it? I mean it. I'm going to beat it eventually. I beat it twice, two or three times, and lost a bunch of weight. A friend of mine saw me in a church, and we hadn't seen each other for about seven or years, probably a minister friend. And uh, we ran into one. We was at this church, and I don't know that I knew he was there, but I walked out in the, the entryway, and bam, we just about ran into one another. And, and man, we just had such a good time. 
just, uh, you know, uh, getting reacquainted. It's like we just picked up where we left off. He looked at me and he said, boy, you're looking good. I said, I ought to. I've been losing weight for 35 years. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, have, you know, that's all just your body that you have to control, right? And it isn't always easy, is it? Moving along. Let's move on to another subject. What about, what about making yourself be disciplined? Right? Spiritual disciplines. Did you know your body a lot of times doesn't want to pray? Your body doesn't want to read God's Word? I mean, if you let it dominate you, it will, it will, it will do the wrong things. Right? See, that's why the Bible says to renew your mind. Are you with me now? I'm just teaching this morning. Come on, I hope you're getting something. That's why the Bible says renew your mind, because your mind makes your decisions in life. If your spirit man, who's been born again into the image of God our Father, we've been partakers of a divine nature. We're not God, but you understand what I'm saying. He gave us His, his divine power and all that's inside of our spirit man. He has us born again. And, and the Bible says in righteousness and true holiness, our, our new man. If he always made your decision, how many know they'd always be right? If your body made your decision, how many know most time they'd be wrong? But what happens is your mind makes the final choice. That's why you got to renew your mind with this book. You got to keep feeding on this book till you change the way you think about things. Amen. And then, and then your mind sides in with your spirit and your body, all it can do is just holler. You're dragging me to church? Yes, I am. You're going to church. You don't shut up. We're going to go, we're, going to, we're just going to stay there and pray after service is over for an hour and a half. <laughs> Amen. I mean, see, Paul said, I, listen now, I buffet, not buffet, my body. Didn't he say that? Do you know what that word buffet means? I, I handle it roughly. I punch it. I beat it. I kick it. He's not talking about self-mutilation. He's just giving us an example of how you've got to be diligent to keep it in line so it doesn't run your life. Amen. Because your body wants to do things that are wrong. Immoral. Now, after a while, you get the victory over it. You know what I'm saying? And, and it, you, you get it to, sh to tone it down and shut up. I don't know. Listen now. I don't know because I'm still, I'm still working on it, so I don't know. Maybe somebody, maybe Brother Kenny, he's a little older than me. He could tell me. I don't know if there's a place where you ever get your body just to totally shut up. Is there, Brother Kenny? I mean, you're like, well, I want to ask the oldest guy in church. to. Uh, we tease him. No, I don't think there is. You know why I don't think this? Because I think the Apostle Paul, if there was, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have written what he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and saying he still keeps his body under, lest it disqualifies him. So I don't think that you do. I think you just got to keep working on it. I think it gets easier. I think you get more control on it. I think it gets to where, you know, it, 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 may, it may ask for something, but it already knows the answer is no. Amen. Now, Here's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to bring out that fact that His mercy endureth forever. Amen? Yeah. So if we blow it, how many know His mercy endureth forever? Thank God His mercy endureth forever. And, and like I said, some of the old holiness people, they, they, were, they were really strict legalists, 
and they felt self-righteous. They felt, they felt like they were better than everybody else because they, had, their, they had, their, had the right clothes on and the right hairdo and, you know, what I'm saying, and, the, you know, the right everything. You know, they felt like they were above everybody else. How many know that kind of spirit is a bad spirit? That's a religious spirit. And it, 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 it's, it's one thing, one of, one, of, one of the meanest spirits there is is a religious spirit. When you get a religious spirit, that's one of the meanest spirits there is where we think we've all got it right, we've got it figured out, we know everything, everybody else is wrong. That is the meanest spirit there is out there. And it's the hardest one to get people delivered from. I'm telling you, it's a religious demon. But when, you, when you're with God and you've got the Holy Spirit and He's, there, and he's reigning in your life, the Bible says there's mercy about you. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says, be merciful for your Father in heaven is merciful. And that's, that, that's to your brothers and sisters that mess up. That's to the world that's not living right. Amen? That doesn't mean we don't confront sin. There's a balance to all of this. But it means we, we are, that we're just like God. Our mercy is supposed to endure forever. Hallelujah. Now that doesn't mean that we enable people either. You know what I'm saying? Don't take it there. We don't enable people. You know what I'm saying? We had a guy come to church here one time. He got out of prison, and he, had, he was listening to me on the radio when he was in prison, and he wrote to me, and I'll kind of be discreet about this, but, you know, he wrote to me, and we sent him materials and stuff, and he, God finally got out. He came here. We helped him. We gave him money, helped him find a job, gave him money, clothing, this, this stuff he needed to work for a job. Well, he, he, he lost that job somehow, and so we helped him get another job, and somehow he lost that job. And finally it dawned on me he didn't want to work, but he wanted money. And finally a day came where pastor had to put his foot down and make him mad. And said, you know, because I told him right at the very beginning, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll help you as long as you keep helping yourself. The day you stop, I stop. I did tell him that at the beginning. And finally he stopped. And finally I said, there's not another dime coming from this church to help you or from me. Amen. So he showed up one day when I was out preaching somewhere else and hit some of the brothers up and they helped him. I said, I wish you hadn't done that. They didn't know the story behind it. You know, they didn't know. They were just trying to be good Christian brothers, and all they were doing was, you know, enabling a guy who wouldn't work. Well, this is good preaching. Hallelujah. How many know God's not going to enable you to mess your life up and to disobey His Word? But if you want to line up with His Word, amen, He'll help you, amen? Go to John. Let's get into our message this morning. That was just introduction. Did you get something out of that? John, I'm not saying I'm preaching a long time. I've just said that was the introduction. John chapter 8. I want to talk to you about growing in holiness. It's not something we arrive at overnight. And if you don't know that, especially if you're a new believer, you know, you could get real discouraged because you're still fighting something. You look around all the, all the people in the church and you, they look like they're living. They've got those things defeated in their lives. Well, let me tell you something. They didn't always have them defeated. I've been pastoring some of you for a long time. And I know what transitions you've come through. Amen. And I know what transitions I've come through. Amen. That's why you don't compare yourself with somebody else because they may be light years ahead of you in spiritual growth. You compare yourself with the Word of God. Amen. And try to line up with that and just keep coming. Amen. See, if you, don't, if you read the Bible and you don't ever get convicted, you better read it again. 
Because there are certain passages that I know I need to work, I need to shape it up here. Am I alone in this? And it's like, you know, I, I think I don't think I want to read that verse today. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you read it or not, it's still the truth. Amen. It's like I said, a lot of people in our society today want to throw the Bible away. Because you can call us all kinds of names because we believe the word, but we're not the ones that came up with this. But you can throw every one of our Bibles away and this this word still lives because it's been spoken by God. Just because you don't have a copy of it doesn't mean it's not a live and living thing. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to answer to it. You still are, regardless of whether you, you ignore it or not. Amen. See, I don't really care much for the verses on fasting. But they're, they're there to help us, aren't they? There's times I want to forget the, the verses on walking in love. Am I alone in this or what? Sometimes just driving down the road, I do forget them. But they're still real. And Phyllis, she doesn't help me out none either. Sometimes I'll say, what is wrong with those people? She says, I don't know. I don't know them. I'm like, I don't know. You, you, ought, to, you, ought, to, you ought to go to a NASCAR race. Let me tell you why. Because when, when, when they let everybody out, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a massive crowd, you know, and we're all trying to get out. And then you finally work through the, because a lot of those tracks, some of them, they're back, they're back smaller highways. You know, these were built years ago. And they're just, you know, they've grown into a big thing now. But then you work your way out, and you get out on the interstate, and all those people just came from that race. You ought to see how they drive. <laughs> I'm telling you, you get yourself ran over quickly, man. Well, sometimes, you know, I want to give people a bump draft going down some of these streets here in town. And if you're not a NASCAR person, you don't know what a bump draft is, but that's to kind of help you get along a little bit. In NASCAR, if someone's going slow, they might come up behind them and boom, bump them a little bit, move them right along. And that's a good thing in NASCAR because they'll shoot you out in front. But the police around here don't like it. Now, John 8, you there? Look at this, verse 30. The Bible says, and he spake these, as he spake, this is Jesus, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Now, how many know a disciple is different from a person that's just been is just saved? Disciple means a disciplined one. See, someone that's following my teachings. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. How many think that's a good thing? But you notice it's predicated on something. Listen, if you continue. Everybody say continue. Continue. See, things don't change overnight. Are you with me now? Things don't always change overnight. You have to continue. You have to continue in the Word. Amen. So one thing you have to know is if you, you, especially if you just got saved, you just got to keep coming. Just keep coming. I've seen people, they've come and they've had issues, and because they didn't get totally free from it, like within a week or two, they left. But you got to keep coming. 
And that, I'm not just talking about coming to church, although that's part of it. But I'm talking about keep coming, keep, keep, keep sticking with the Word. See, if you've got issues, just, just come to church, hang around God's people, keep feeding on His Word, keep reading His Word, keep talking to Him, keep praying to Him. And you're, you know, if you continue in that, you're going to get free. When the children of Israel were leaving, uh, when they were coming into the promised land, God said this. He said, I'm not, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to drive the inhabitants of the land all out at once, but little by little you'll possess the land. Little by little you'll drive them out. Didn't he say that? Listen to this now. Sometimes, this is really good. I, I had to type this out. Sometimes God's work in our lives is instantaneous. I mean, how many ever had like, Bam. I had that in some areas of my life when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I had that. I instantly got delivered from some, some things. But other things, it took a little time. Sometimes, listen, sometimes God's work in our lives is instantaneous, but more often, it's a process. In other words, we just keep, keep at it. We continue in His Word. Amen? And Jesus said, if you do that, you're going to know the truth. In other words, there's going to be a day when truth is going to dawn on you. You don't want that? No. See, uh, but, but no, he, he doesn't mean that you can quote the verse. That's not what he means. He means it dawns on you. One day, it's, it's like a minister said, a pastor said one time, he said, this guy was wanting to get free from smoking. You know, he, he, he's ready to quit smoking. He wanted to get free from smoking, you know. And so he went to, his, to, pass, to the pastor, and, and the pastor said, uh, okay. I'll help you. He said, will you do what I say? He goes, well, if it's easy. <laughs> I mean, you know, some things aren't easy. <laughs> Amen? And he, he goes, he goes, he goes uh, now don't tell me just throw my cigarettes away. You know, I think you might have said that. He said, I've tried that. That don't work. I just and I have to go pick them up out of the ditch. You know, or go buy some more. He said, no, no. He said, I'm going to tell you that. He said, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Did you know that when you got born again, I mean, this, is what I, this is me, not what the pastor said, but did you know when you got born again, legally you got set free from everything? The Bible says Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. So legally you have it, right? But now there's a big difference in what you legally have and what you're walking in. You have to go possess those things. See, they're free. They're paid for, but you've got to go get them. You've got to go possess them the way God said possess them. Just like God said, I've given you to Israel, I've given you the land. But they had to go tread their foot on it. See? They had to go in. See? And that, that, that's something you have to know. And so he said, he, said, he, said to this, he said to this guy in his church, he said, every time you light up a cigarette, he said, you just tell the Lord, you just say this out loud, thank God I'm free from smoking. He said, but I'll be smoking. He said, it don't matter. Just say it. See, what are we talk we're talking about legalities. Right? So you may legally have something coming to you. But you might have to go for a before a judge and declare it. And so he said, but I'll be, he said, no, I don't, no, just do what I tell you. He said, just do that. He said, just keep every time. He said, just, you know, he said, okay, I'll do that. He said, two weeks later, I saw the guy and he said his face was lit up. He said, well, what happened? He said, tell me. He said, I can tell something's happened because your face is all up. He said, well, I want to tell you. He said, I thought that was the silliest thing I ever heard, you know. 
He said, I'd, I'd light up a cigarette and say, thank God I'm free from smoking. He said, I'd, I'd smoke that pack, you know. Every time I'd light one up, thank God I'm free from smoking. Thank God I'm free from smoking. He said, I'd go buy some cigarettes, you know, which now they tell me they're real expensive now. I mean, someone told me they, their, their mom bought two cartons. They were $124 for two cartons. I thought, I don't know, maybe she smoked some really high stuff. I don't know. But I always thought they were $5 a carton. That tells you how long ago it's been since I bought some. But they're $5 a pack now right? or something like that. See, Jason knows. No. <laughs> Somebody told him, right? <laughs> he just did the math. Uh, he's pretty smart then. So anyway, he said, I'd go buy cigarettes, you know. And he said, thank, he said when I purchased them, I'd go, thank God I'm free from smoke. He said, he said, he told this man, he said, I did that for two weeks. He said, one day, two weeks later, I was on the street, pulled up, got a cigarette out, lighted it up, said, thank God I'm free from smoking. He said, it hit me, I'm free from smoking. He said, I threw it down. He said, I smoked one cent. What did Jesus say? You'll know the truth. You'll experience the truth. The truth will become a reality in your life, and it'll make you free. See, the truth of it was, Jesus Christ has set us all free. He's actually shed His blood to set the whole human race free. But you have to experience the truth to know it. Right? See, that's what the Bible says. It says, he's, it, even the world, the Bible says that God's, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God's not imputing their trespasses unto them. Now, they have to, they, for them to experience it, they have to accept it. They have to know it. That's what we should be telling them. We shouldn't be telling them, God hates you, you filthy, dirty sinner. We should be telling them, hey, the price has been paid for you to be free. You don't have to go to hell. See, one, you know, one guy, a popular guy, he's real popular in, in the sports world, and Greg and I did a podcast on it one time. He made the comment, he said, I cannot believe that a loving God is at the end of all this is going to send half the population to hell. He made that statement. So Greg and I did a podcast together on who's going to hell. And who, you know who's going to hell? Everybody that rejects the way out. See, what this gentleman doesn't know because he hasn't spent enough time in the Bible and the truth, what he doesn't know is that when Adam and Eve sinned, they sunk the whole human race. And we can't blame them because we've all sinned. So if they hadn't have done it, we would have. Amen. And so it wasn't God that did it. It was man did it himself. He sunk himself. And God sent Jesus to rescue us. So if you don't, see, if you don't receive the rescue, it's not God sending you to hell. You sent yourself there because God made a way out. It's just like if, you're, if you fall off the boat on the Ohio River and I throw you one of those round right life, uh, what do they call them? Life preservers, life savers. Throw me a cherry one if you do, or orange. But I throw you a life preserver, and, you know, I throw it out there, and you go, oh, I don't like white. Throw, throw me a yellow one. I'll drown. Just drown. See, that's what people try to do to God. I don't like the way, I don't like the Jesus way. Send me another way. Well, you're going to die and go to hell, because He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life, the only way to the Father. But God sent him to us to deliver us. So it's not like God's sending anybody to hell. I wish I could. And I believe this guy's sincere. I'm not, I'm not putting him down. But when you, you know, I wouldn't have known until I got a, some teaching from the Word either. I wouldn't have known. I just thought God, you know, look, weighed, your, weighed you in the balances if you, 
had enough good, you made it, you didn't, then, well, sorry. But I found out from the scriptures, that's not it at all. Adam sunk the whole human race. And God sent another Adam. His name was Jesus. That's what the scriptures say. I said, that's what the scriptures say. He sent another Adam. And this Adam didn't fail. He got us all bailed out. Praise God. Now, if we get in him, we go hit the way he's going. If we stay in the old Adam, we go the way the old Adam went. But if we get in the new Adam, the Bible calls that God made a new creation. He made the first creation. It sunk. It's going to hell. So he said, I'm going to make another creation. It's in Christ Jesus. A new creation in Christ Jesus. You get in this new creation, you're going to go where Christ Jesus is going. You're going to go where he's at. So it has nothing to do with God. It has to do with us. Amen. Amen. Now, just keep coming. Go one last scripture. Did you get anything today? Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. <laughs> 1 Timothy chapter 4. See, you, you just grow. You don't, you don't arrive overnight. You grow. Don't beat yourself up. Remember, His mercy endureth forever. And, and don't use it as an excuse to go out and just miss it. See, here's the thing. There is, you know, when you talk about sin... There's law, listen to the way I say this, there's law, amen, there's license. But in the middle is something that, that's the truth, there's liberty. Law means I just give up, I quit, I beat myself up, I condemn myself every time I miss it. That's not good. Liberty means, ah, ah. Who cares? I mean, excuse me. License means who cares. Liberty means that in Christ Jesus, there's now, therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. What does that mean? We're, we're endeavoring to follow God. Are you listening now? That we're endeavoring to follow God. We're not, we're not looking for ways to sin. We, 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 we still miss it. But we're not looking for ways to sin. When we do sin, it's because we listen to our flesh. Amen. And we immediately say, that's wrong. Right? Then we repent. Amen. And we may mess up again, but we still keep walking after the Spirit. I'm not going to follow the flesh. Do you know there's Christians who are following the flesh? It's like, ah, don't worry about it. That's wrong. This, some of this grace teaching today on television is not right. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, but we still serve an awesome, fearful God, and we better have some reverence about it. Amen. We better. Not, 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 not you know, uh, this cowering fear, oh, my gosh, I missed it. God's upset with me. He's going to, you know, he never. No, no, that's not it. See, there's a middle ground here. It's called liberty. If I do miss it, if I do yield to my flesh, if I do mess up, well, I'm on, I repent of that, Father. And here's my, here's my attitude. I'm not doing that again. Amen. So what if I do do it again? Well, you do it again. Same thing. I'm not going to do this again. Does anybody miss God? Oh, some of you. There's one who stood up in church one time. She said, I haven't sinned in two years. I thought, you just did. You just lied. 
<laughs> it's not that I don't believe he couldn't get there, but I don't believe she was. All right. You find where did I tell you to go? <laughs> First Timothy four. Amen. Besides, if you really that was true, you wouldn't be bragging about it. All right. This is going to be an unusual scripture, but hang with me, I'll explain it. First Timothy chapter four, verse four. It says, Every creature of God is good. And nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. You say, well, Pastor, that's talking about food. I know that. How many know you pray over your food? Why do you pray over your food? So it's set apart, right? So if there's anything in it that doesn't belong or would hurt you, it's removed. Now, that's not a license to eat sloppy. But how many know I don't care? If you, I don't care what you eat, what it is, uh, there's still the potential for something to be wrong with it, right? So you can't use this just to live off of fried bologna and hot dogs. All right, moving right along. But every creature of God, and how many know, how many know when you pray over a meal, you, you, you do this, you're giving God thanks for it, right? And you're praying over it that it would be sanctified for the use of your body, right? And I always say, thank God you take sickness from my midst. Now, I need to say this for Shelby's sake. It's not the time to pray for the missionaries. Because her dad wants to pray for people in China, Mexico, Peru, Paraguay, India. And we're like, the food's getting cold, brother. Pray over the food. Pray for the missionaries on your own time. Is that all right, Shelby? All right, I helped you out a little bit there. Praise God. Hallelujah. But have you know, the truth of the matter is, is you want your food sanctified, right? right? And it's set apart by the Word of God in prayer. Well, now, this is going to maybe sound funny to you, but I'm just telling you the truth. I was reading that one verse... That, that, those two verses one day, I was just reading them. How our food is set apart, sanctified by the word of God in prayer. And I heard this, so are we. So are we. So are we. We're sanctified by the word of God in prayer. And I thought, well, wow, I hadn't thought of that. And I thought, well, the Bible says, Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. I mean, I've taught a lot on this over the years now on washing by the word of God. I've got messages on that. But when, when the Lord said that to me, just, he said, so are we. He said it to me that way. He could have said, so are you. But he just said, so are we, which meaning we, all of us. We're sanctified by the word. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, every branch in me that, bears, that doesn't bear fruit, I take it away. I take it away. But every branch in me that's bearing fruit, I prune it. Didn't he say that? King James says, I purge it. Right? What that word means to prune. That's what that word purge there means. I prune it. That it may bring forth more fruit. So that tells me you can be bringing forth fruit, but you still need some pruning. 
Amen. Just because you're looking pretty good and doing pretty good doesn't mean there's still lots of pruning to do. And then Jesus said, now you are pruned. I've pruned you guys. That doesn't mean there's never going to need any more pruning. I mean, no, every year sometimes you have to prune some stuff off, right? I, Jesus said, I've pruned you guys. You are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Sanctified by the word of God. Hallelujah. In other words, if you just, if you just keep feeding on the word, in one way, it's coming to the house of God. and one, See, there's a level of faith you will never get just by reading your Bible. You'll get it through the preached word. You get faith by your Bible, sure. But there's a level. I know this just from 40 years of experience that I can be sitting and listening to somebody preach and I'll get a lot of faith deposited in me by hearing the preached word of God because it's got the anointing on it. Amen. And so we get sanctified by that word. It just starts cleaning us up. And other, in other words, you, you, you don't, you, sometimes you don't even notice it, but, but you just start to change. See, Paul told the Corinthians, he says like this, he said, when you look at the word, you're looking, you're looking, like you're looking in a mirror, you're beholding the glory of the Lord, and you're changed into that same image from glory to glory. He told the Ephesians, he said, he said it a different way, but it's basically the same thing. He said that Christ is washing us with the water of the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle. Don't you wish it just <laughs> all happened overnight? Well, there's a day it is going to happen overnight. <laughs> it's called the rapture. <laughs> and it'll all get straightened out. I'll get my hair back. <laughs> Amen. I'll look younger. Not that I don't look young now. You know, a lot of you would be surprised how many you would you 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 would be surprised when I'm out in public how many people confuse me with Kirk Douglas. <laughs> you just can you see that, Steve? It's amazing how many people. Well, how many people, Pastor? Zero. But there's always hope. I mean, oh, when, 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 when our body, we get, when the rapture comes and we get our glorified body, all that's, you know, the Bible says we'll know as we are known. It says we'll be like Him when we behold Him. But see, as we behold Him now through His Word, we're becoming more like Him. But the finished job is going to take place at the rapture of the church. Poof, instant change. But I, 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 the Lord had me preach this this morning just for this reason, not for you not to get discouraged because things don't change overnight. Just keep, keep doing like Jesus, continue in my word. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In all areas, see. See, what, what, what if you need divine healing? And you say, well, Pastor, I've just, you know, I've just been believing God. Just keep coming. Just keep feeding on the word. There'll be a day when that truth will dawn on you and you'll know the truth, and it'll make you free. See, some things don't change overnight. Sometimes it's a little chip away of it here, and a little chip of it there, a little process. But eventually you'll get there. Amen. I wish everything was instantaneous. We've, we've become a fast food, fast nation. You know what I'm saying? I mean, anytime you can get your burger in 30 seconds, you can imagine what your burger's going to be like. I've told this on Phyllis, but it's still the truth. 
McDonald's years ago, some of you may remember this, they put in a 30-second clock. Remember that? You got your meal in 30 seconds, or they, was it free or something? Yeah, 30 seconds. You know, Grandma never had no 30-second clock. She just cooked till it was done. And we'd get to that 30 seconds, and it'd get 31 for Tell them, tell them, tell them. Yeah, see, see, that's what I'm talking about, legalism and liberty. I'm having fun. She was real legalistic about that 30 seconds. She said they should. She would tell me they shouldn't say it. I said, oh, honey, it's just two seconds. They shouldn't say it if they don't mean it. It's truth. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, how many know God doesn't work that way, does he? Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.